0: Boss man show here with Robert McCullum, Florida A&M Rattlers head, basketball coach, fresh off a trip to Puerto Rico. They're back at it, getting ready for the season coming up here. Coach McCullum, how things down there in Tallahassee, man?
1: Uh, Things are going well. uh, We're in our second week of uh, the 21-22 school year, and uh, there's a lot of excitement on campus for so many reasons. And uh, one um, big reason is because now things are – while we we clearly are not out of the woods from a standpoint of, of the pandemic, but yet uh, there's there's more uh, normalcy than there were this time last year in that uh, we, we're having in-person classes, there are more students on campus. So that's just, uh, we had set Friday last week for the first time in two years. So uh, there's a lot of excitement going into uh, this weekend's uh, season opener against Jackson State in, my, in Miami.
0: Yes, sir. And Coach, match gets man, last year, how tough was it for you guys? Even though, you know, you for, for, you all had success, considering all things, you know, you all won a good number of games, and you got in the Miat tournament there, won a big game. So how was it for your staff and your players to do all those restrictions, trying to deal with the George Floyd stuff as well, and just coming together as a team with all things going on last year?
1: Well, you just you just said a lot, and it was uh, you know in 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 a lot of ways uh, it, it was a year unlike any other. And uh, if you just look at the the uh, the the impact uh, of uh, George Floyd's murder, I don't want to get too philosophical there, but 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 it, isn't it amazing how how often in history how uh, unfortunately, sometimes it takes a death. It takes someone's death to to bring attention, or to bring us together, or to accomplish a goal or a cause that it should not have taken that for. And so it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that George Floyd uh, lost his life. lost it period so young but in the manner that he did but yet hopefully all of the benefits uh from that the lessons that we learned hopefully those will uh will last on in 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 so many ways and we felt we 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 felt them in terms of the uh 2020 election Uh, i can go on and on you there's more vibe, there's more talk, there's more excitement around the the popularity and and the interest in HBCUs across the country. And I'm not at all saying all of that goes back to George Floyd, but I dare say that there's certainly, and it, it certainly was impactful. Yes, sir. Now you add to that the impact of COVID, it was uh, in a lot of ways the most difficult season that I've ever been a part of, and I think I speak for most coaches in terms of, uh, we're sort of the creatures of habit. Yes. We we like, we like, we need structure. And we like to have plans. We like to know things are going to go a certain way. And throughout the season, you just didn't know what was going to happen from day to day. I mean, literally, you did not know if a game was going to take place. You didn't know if all of your guys were going to be, uh, clear to play. You didn't know about the opponents. And a number of teams were actually at their at the game site or on the bus to go to games, uh, only to learn that that someone had tested positive in the game would not be played. And so j- just dealing with that throughout the season, the number of games that were canceled that weren't played, uh, So it was clearly an uh, uh, extremely impactful season. And, of course, the, one of the positives that did come out of that was that uh, schools had the opportunity to give those uh, through the NCAA, they can get that a year back. And so I hope for most that that will prove prove beneficial uh, for the just in terms of the college experience of of so many student athletes.
0: And coaches as a son of a coach and HBCU grad, I went to Tennessee State HBCU grad myself. For me, I'm in my mid-30s. Uh I've, had to ch- I've changed the way I look at life now as a radio host, had been, having interns now, having a staff and trying to get close to people I hiding and being close. I, I was also grind grinding that go. So for me, even as a guy in my mid 30s, a little older than you and you're a guy, so you coach are it made me change how I look at life too and get more engaged and involved as well. So as you said, coach, I wasn't active in the community, but I was active in the Georgia runoff elections here and the election here in Georgia. I never I used I used my show for talk politics on my show. Never done I've used been all sports. So that incident with George Floyd like you said it made me reevaluate myself as a host with a platform in Atlanta in Atlanta, Georgia, number nine marketing in the in the country on a few young young black hosts in the nation with an in this market. I got to do something different to help my community. So like you said, Coach, it's it sad that it takes an like George Floyd to make me, even me, a guy who's been there for 10 years, change my mindset of how, how I'm going approach this show going forward.
1: Well, I got to tell you what it, that really uh, says a whole lot about you uh, from the standpoint. Uh, I think it's important in any endeavor, any profession, that we continue to, to grow and evolve. You know, and for example, you know, the old saying, well, this is how we've always done it. It doesn't necessarily make it best. And but oh, yeah. but you know, but you know, if you look back historically, sports and entertainment have always had a connection, a strong connection. And so, you know, were it not for that, especially in the black community, and it were it not for that, we would we would not and it took us too long to really have an appreciation for the the uh, the the social commitments to activism uh, on the part of Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I can go, Bill Russell, Craig Flood, I can go on and on and on. And so uh, what happened to George Floyd, it sort of reminded us of that. You know, I I, I think in different ways, we all had opportunities to sort of impact our players or impart lessons on them and uh, a lot of times I try to explain the why of something to our players and then kind of leave it to them but uh, I can say to you I think we had about a 99% uh, success rate in terms of all the players who voted last year and I don't know that I've ever been a part of a team who had that many but I'll also admit I don't know if I ever uh, went to the depths, okay, or, or, was, or was committed to make sure that all of them, and then that resonated with them. They pushed their teammates to register those who weren't registered and voted. They sent in the absentee ballots. Um, they, they marched in souls to the polls here in Tallahassee. And uh, so it was, just, it was just, a but they really understood why. So it was just uh, a beautiful thing to watch, to see them, you know, young men, 18, 23 years of age, you know, actively involved, embraced being involved. And so hopefully, again, those are lessons. They're not going to help you win a basketball game, but it's going to kind of shape who they are and who they become as young men.
0: And Coach McCullough, this is my personal opinion. that I like kids that go to HBCU schools. because I chose Tennessee State because I could go went to Clark, Morehouse, down the street from where I grew up At I want to go out of state to a state institution, not a private one. And I feel like we go to a private HBC, a state HBCU, it's a whole different experience where the people actually really care about you, it's not so much that elite yeah. class per se. Yeah. It's more yeah. just... Hands on. I'm gonna help you with your life, and I feel like for you, coach, you're like this guy's father. Talk about that experience, like being a father figure. All of these young, young black men that you're coaching to be able to be them husbands, fathers, in the community leaders and activists, as you say, coach. So talk about how that that having that 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 burden on you to make sure these young black men grow up successful after they hang up their shoes, man.
1: Well, I think some of us um, carry carry on to carry that mantle. Some of us embrace it, and some. Uh, I think just because you're a coach, you don't necessarily have to do that. A lot of them choose not to do that. But, you know, for me, coaching was my calling. I mean, I was literally called to coach. I've been coaching since before I knew I was a coach. I've been coaching since I was 12, 13 years of age. And so being able to uplift, enhance you know, young bike man, I, I, um, I take a great deal of pride in that. I think it's a charge to keep that I have. It's a responsibility. It's a challenge. But one that I embrace, and that's just kind of who I am. I guess it goes back to uh, growing up without a father. And, and my high school coach was the only father figure that I ever had. And so he and I had, uh, we were probably, what, uh, maybe about four months short of a 40-year relationship. Wow. From the time the time I made the JV team as a ninth grader until uh, about four months before he died. And so that's from, uh, I made the team as a ninth grader, JV team as a ninth grader, I later on became... Uh, assistant coach to him for four years at a different high school that I attended, but in Birmingham, Alabama, I could go on and on and on. He's at my wedding. He was at my first game as a head coach. I mean, again, he was, you know, along with my mother, they had those two people, two greatest impact, you know, on my life. And so, um, you know, I started out teaching grades five through eight. Uh, out of out of out of college, and so oftentimes I, I just have the gym open seven eight o'clock at night, and you look up and there's just kids still hanging around. So it eventually dawned on me that there's something missing at home. There's a void, and they found they found some comfort, they found some caring, just hanging around there. In other in other words, they they they, they really didn't want to go home for various reasons,
0: mm-hmm. and.
1: So I mean I can go on and on and on, but it's all about relationships. And so, you know, not more than a year or two go by that I still hear from from, from men that I uh, taught in coached in high school or early in college. And again, the relationships, that's that's what it's all about. So anytime that I have an uh, I have an opportunity, responsibility, I think, to really help make them better men. So the last thing I'll say on that is here. We talk about uh, that you sh- young men should grow and our players should grow in four areas. They should grow academically. And I can say to you, we, I've been here four years. So I had 14 seniors to complete the eligibility. All 14 have graduated. And all of them have graduated in four to four and a half years. So they should grow academically. They should grow Athletic, be, be able to reach the, be the best that they can be in their sport in basketball. They should grow socially, and we do a lot of things to help them grow socially. They should grow spiritually. We don't get into choosing a church or denomination the for them, but yet we we visit different churches. We have different speakers, and you know, come in. So again, those are those are that what I, and that that defines what I call a holistic approach. And if, if I didn't push that, then I'd be failing them in a lot of ways. And included in that, I want to add just specifically, we put a great deal of emphasis on how you treat women. Every year we started like the Sunday before our first team meeting, you know, how you talk to women. Their there are names you don't, you don't say, you don't call women. Did I better not hear? And again, that didn't reflect well on you nor does, does reflect well on our program. And so, again, those are things that I feel a responsibility, you know, as a man and more, more specifically as a black man. You know, other people may not feel so strongly about that, but I think that's my responsibility. When they leave uh, FAM U.S. basketball players, I want them to feel that, you know what, Coach McCollum talked to me about that. Coach McCollum always emphasized that and, uh, so that again, that's that's uh, that's a part of what it's all about.
0: Most definitely, coach, and I feel like the approach you take is what lasts for life. Like I can talk about, like Coach Frankie Allen in Tennessee State, Ty Alexander, guys like Randy Peel, who are still know. in my life to these to this day. You know, who helped me out to this day? I can call I and say what's up about anything. You know, I answer my phone call. So Will Jones at A and T, who I was a GA when I was at Tennessee State. You know, you say,
1: hey. You dated you dating yourself now, Will Jones. What a you know what a what a name! I gotta tell you, what a name, what a character he was. Will was such a character that more often than not, unfortunately, that side of it uh, uh, overshadowed the job he did and the outstanding teams he had uh, at at, uh, at uh, in DC uh, back in the eighties during the time when Georgetown. Was was one of the two or three most dominant teams in the country, District of Columbia, led by Will Jones. They were they were a very very good uh, good Division two team. And you just mentioned a couple of names, to Frankie Allen, Frankie Allen. Just what a what a just a great guy. He just had a great temperament. No matter what was going on, Frankie always had a smile on his face. And uh, and then you mentioned Styl Alexander, Styl. Uh, and I go way back. Those are, you just mentioned two names, guys, guys I've known for over 30 years. And so, you know, you you uh, had the opportunity to have those people to be mentors or to touch your life in some way. You, you, you're very fortunate.
0: Can't forget uh, Darren Tillis and Jamal Brown, who's still in Nor- Norfolk State. You know, I can't forget those two guys, too, who had a great impact on me doing my time at Tennessee State. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, I would go to the office all the time and just have life talk with those guys, man. And – uh. Help me, cause I didn't want to tell my dad certain things. I'm I, listen, Dad. I didn't want to tell you some certain things. So <laughs> I just had that ear to get them to tell me, give me that yes. other opinion about me getting in trouble at home, you know?
1: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And sometimes that's a that's a role that's sort of uh, I think it's missed, and I don't want to get in comparisons or, or whatever. But uh, today, the the this coaching staff's a lot larger, so. In other words, each coach don't have to do as much. But I came up in the era where there was just two uh, coaches that could go on the road, recruit. With the two full-time coaches, one was called restricted earners or part-time. So each coach, you had a whole lot more responsibilities. You recruited, you scouted, you did everything. You know, there were no coaches. only thing they did was player development, you know, or this. You you just you wore a lot of hats, you know. And so uh, – but as a result, I think I think all of that really helped me to be better prepared to when I became a head coach.
0: Most definitely, And Coach I Man, excuse man. Um, you went this Puerto Rico trip for your, your team. You went undefeated over there. Tell us about that trip and how fun was it for your guys to get out of the country, experience uh, another, another part of the United States, and also just be together and bond and more as you get ready for this year coming up.
1: Well, the last point you mentioned that may be the most important one. Uh, I can't think of any any other. Uh, opportunity that allows you to bond like a foreign tour. You, you go in a foreign area, and of course, we we chose San Juan because it uh, it's a U.S. territory. And so now let's say another option was the Bahamas, but Bahamas technically is another country. So that would be an international trip. And so due to the impact of the pandemic, I, I felt just across the board, it would be a lot easier trip, a lot easier to get it approved, and so the transition wouldn't be as difficult, and uh, I knew we wouldn't have trouble getting games down there, but the opportunity to, to bond, you know, is, uh, again, that that's huge. Team building, building chemistry, and so you, you, when you go to a foreign place, all those things you take for granted, they're out, they're out of the window. You don't want to Go two blocks to the store by yourself. You know, for example, so we had a rule: anytime anyone left the hotel, had to be at least three players to, at at minimal. Uh And so, you know, we got to do a lot of a uh, lot of things. Uh, we they really had a great time ziplining. You know, spent a day at Old San Juan. We're scheduled to go to uh, rain to rainforest, but uh, but uh, the the onset. Of, of Tropical Storm Fred kind of canceled our last game as well as the trip to the Rainforest. But, you know, we we, have, we've run, we return a veteran team, all five starters, but yet, you know, we have four, four incoming players who, who are going to be an integral part of any success we have. So, you know, you only get to go on a foreign tour once every four years. So I think the timing of the foreign tours are really, really important. So we just felt like we had a couple of guys didn't play last year because of injuries, and every one season was cut short probably anywhere from 8 to 12, 14 games last year that you that you didn't get to play. And then these four, four or five new players were counting on. I just felt that the timing was, was, was ideal to try to do a foreign tour. And uh, so, again, you get 10 practices that you otherwise wouldn't get. So normally in the summer, you only get a total of eight hours of instruction, four hours uh, would be in the weight room, on the four hours on the floor. So now you add to that, you get 10 practices like a, a normal practice for us, is two and a half hours. So now we'll come back, we start practice late in September, we'll come back way ahead of where we would have otherwise would have been. And I think, you know, we gave us our staff an opportunity to see players in different positions, in different situations, you know, to play different combinations together, to experiment. So we knew a lot more about our team than we otherwise would have known. So I just think across the board, it was a great trip. It's also, it says a lot about uh, the commitment from our uh, athletic director, court negotiate to make that commitment, you know, for us to go to San Juan.
0: And coach, uh, recruiting-wise, I see guys a few kids from Georgia on your roster. Florida's always deeper talent as well. Talk about recruiting the fam, you, and how the portal will help you get guys because you've been successful. Um, you, you People know that you coach really well and your schemes are very good and help young men grow as players. So talk about recruiting-wise, how you're going to use that portal and getting guys from Florida and Georgia and Alabama to come down and play for you guys, man.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned those, those are, are the three states where we we placed the, the largest degree of emphasis, a lot of that is because, you know, realistically, we that's what's affordable to us. Now, fortunately, you know, we got Florida's a, a, a large state. We got a lot of good players in our state, and Georgia is just unbelievable. Georgia just for years and years produced unbelievable talent, and you know, people talk about the football talent that comes out of the state of Georgia. I don't think basketball is too far behind. I think it was 2018. I want to say, class of 18, uh, 17 or 18. there were uh, G- the state of Georgia produced more top 100 players than any other state. And so you you you, you know better you know better than I. Uh, uh, you, you grew up. You remember those those outstanding Celtics teams. Oh yes. I know you, you told me how old you. I know you. I know you remember. <laughs> You know, and so how about that one year, I think the entire starting line, all five starters, played in the NBA. Yes, that, yes. that may be that, that, that may be unprecedented. You yes, know, sir. and so uh, so Randolph and and uh, Dwight Howard and and so forth. So uh, so again, you know, you you can just draw a circle, a fifty mile radius around Atlanta, and it, the talent is just unbelievable. And so we have a large alumni base. Uh, in Atlanta, you know, it's an easy, you know, depending on how you drive, but about four and a half hours, you know, we can be we can be in the downtown area. And so we can get to Atlanta faster than we can get to to South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, where maybe the largest part of, of alumni base. And so not only that, but there are also a large number of events held in Atlanta every summer. Uh, on the radar, just a number of events. Uh, and so, for example, we went over to an event the last two weekends in June, where it had to be events that were sponsored only by uh, high school athletic association. They were used for high school teams. Well, in addition to, to being able to evaluate and recruit, we had not been able to do this you know, since the summer of of
0: 2019.
1: Mm -hmm. In addition to seeing all of those outstanding, you know, teams and players from Georgia, there were approximately 20 to 30 teams from Florida that we got to see. So by going to Atlanta, I got to not only see Georgia kids, but I got to see a lot of Florida kids from, you know, the Orlando, Tampa area that now, you know, we don't have to make as many trips down there because we got to see them. We got to see them early over in Atlanta. So, and so, you know, uh, Birmingham, Alabama is my home. And Alabama, you know, is a neighboring state, you know, just uh, to, the, to, the, uh, to the west of us. Uh, but uh, so now that we're going to the SWAC, I think it gives us even more reason. You know, we got two of the teams in the SWAC, Alabama State, Alabama A&M in the state of Alabama, the SWAC offices, headquarters in Birmingham. The, the SWAC postseason tournament is held in Birmingham. So all of those are additional reasons and I think will really add to uh, <clears throat> the name, you know, FAMU, the, the number one public HBCU in the country. You look at our academics, you know, we are pushing to become one of the top 100 public universities, you know, in the country. so. Just, just so many good things here, so many things to sell. So I think, and then we, you know, I talked earlier about the interest in HBCUs and and how dare I, I leave out, I can't end this conversation without talking about the deal where the ink is barely dried on the Nike LeBron James deal. And I got to tell you, uh, there, there are a lot of programs and programs much, 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 much bigger than ours that don't have a deal like this.
0: Most definitely.
1: And, and so it's just an unbelievable this deal. And while it, it will all 14 sports and the marching 100 all would benefit in terms of gear and, and and equipment and all of that. But yet there's also an academic component. There's, uh, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars that would be – that would establish – to be used for academic scholarships so it's just a, a, a win-win and uh, so that too that's just really going to height and just add to the your brand and so i i think that the timing we were really poised um for great things going into the uh 21-22 season our first year in the SWAC
0: last one for I guy coach this when you come to atlanta coach what is your favorite spot to eat here in town man
1: Oh my God, she put me on the spot.
0: <laughs> well, you you know, I'm not going to say you know as well as
1: I, You you know better than I. There's so many. I, I got to tell you, I lived in Atlanta for four years, so I I was an assistant at Georgia Tech the 2010-11 season. Iman Shumpert's, uh last year. I lived in I lived in Smyrna. So I, I don't know so many. Yeah, it just depends on how much time I got. You know, if I got a weekend there, I'm going to Houston's.
0: Most definitely.
1: You know, you know, I'm going to Houston. I mean, I could go on and on, on. You know, I I uh, I could go to Mary Max if I want some good, you know, soul food. I mean, I, I mean, gosh, I could I could go on and so many, so many, so many great places. I mean, it just depends on you know who I want to go to dinner with or the, the occasion. I mean, it's just so many, you know, it's so many different places. That's what I like about Atlanta, great restaurants. You don't like for for things to do, places to go. So I, I, I get people complaining about the traffic, but to me, it's a pretty darn good trade-off.
0: Yes. It, a- I haven't left in my whole life, Coach, for a reason. <laughs> I mean, every job I make sure is the radio job is the Atlanta I take. I don't want to leave the town. So I have an opportunity to go to Charlotte, Orlando, Memphis, Indiana. Uh-uh. I'll take the – I'll stay here in Atlanta and where I'm, I can do whatever I want to do, what I, I want to do. it. Always something happened in the city. I'm good to go.
1: <laughs> well, I haven't lived there for four years, I can appreciate what you're saying. You you mentioned I Charlotte is a beam, booming, up-and-coming city. You hear so much now about uh, Nashville, you know, rightfully So, but uh, uh, with all due respect, there's, uh, uh, there, there's something about Chocolate City. That, yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's,
0: sir.
1: Uh, that, that, that's, that's hard to beat.
0: Well, Coach, I hope to see you either at a- A&M or at uh, – Alabama State and hopefully you all have played somewhere here closer to Georgia, Nashville, or some outhouse house in Nashville still. So hopefully if you're close enough, I'm come see your non non-conference game. I'll see you in the when you play at the Twet Trim in Birmingham as well.
1: Well please do. If your travels ever bring you to Tallahassee, or close by, don't
0: hesitate to give us a shout. We'll do, Coach. Thank you for your time today, Coach. It was very fun, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. Anytime, Coach.